How we doing, Chiefs fans? Welcome to another episode of the Nosebleed Seats here on Arrowhead Live. I'm Jordan Anderson. With me, as always, my right-hand man, Marcus Baker. Marcus, you ready to talk some Chiefs football? Absolutely. Um, big questions, big news. As far as the Chiefs are potentially concerned, we want to talk about today for sure. Um, I mean, for the most part, I'm doing pretty good over here. Just ready to ch- chalk up another episode of the Nosebleed Seats for sure. For sure, and you said potential questions. Those questions being, are we going to get Jamal Adams? That's a question we're going to discuss here in just a little bit. And then we're going to talk about the potential practice squad expansion from 12 to 16 due to COVID-19. Then we're going to give you guys three players that that might benefit for the Chiefs. So uh, let's go ahead and get started on this uh, Jamal Adams news, Marcus. He requested a trade from, uh, from New York, from the Jets. And he listed seven teams, those seven teams being the Niners, Cowboys, Chiefs, Ravens, Seahawks. Uh, Man, I'm doing that off the top of my head. I can't remember the other two teams. Eagles was one. Yeah. I can't remember the other. But anyway, those are all intriguing teams. Those are all – do what? Did you say the Ravens? I did say the Ravens. It, okay. it doesn't matter. But anyway, all those teams are potential. They're playoff teams. They're potential Super Bowl teams. Obviously, the Chiefs are going to stick out to us. You have two great safeties back there, barring injury. You know, I'm anxious to see how Juan Thornhill does when he comes back. But you have an already star-studded safety group back there. Say you bring in a guy like Jamal Adams. You now allow... Tyron Matthew to free roam and headhunt like he did in college. That made him an absolute star. He's still a star regardless, and he's one of the best safeties there. But you bring in a top five safety, young safety. I think he's 24 or 25. And he has said, depending on the team, he won't ask for a new deal right away. I would absolutely do a backflip if Kansas City landed Jamal Adams, barring the cost of what I think it is going to cost. But I want to get your take on it because I'm I'm curious. It's, I'm ju- I'm just one fan. I mean, there's fans that want it and there's fans that don't. So what side are you on on this? I'm on the side that wants it because I understand if you can't throw on us, you can't beat us. It's that simple. Because, I mean, we saw it with Tennessee Titans. They ran the ball down the Patriots' throats. They ran the ball down the Ravens' throats uh, last year in the playoffs. But they weren't able to do that to us, and we probably had the worst run defense out of those three teams. But the reason is, at a certain point against Kansas City Chiefs, you have to throw. Because if you don't, we're going to outscore you. So if you had a guy like Jamal Adams, like you said, allowing Tyron Matthew to roam the third, <clears throat> the back third of the field and headhunt, like you said, with Juan Thornhill playing that center field role with Tyron as your true free safety and, or no, Tyron would actually probably be the dime linebacker in like the three safety set with Jamal Adams at the line of scrimmage. I mean, there's not a better safety group in the league, in my opinion, than Tyron Matthew, Jamal Adams, and a healthy Juan Thornhill, if they can pull that off. I don't know if that would be possible because I think maybe if, unless we see something like Chris Jones being moved, I would honestly almost – Consider this move, though, barring the fact, like you said, that he can wait a couple years on an extension. Because 
I don't know. We don't know what's going to happen with Chris Jones. I kind of feel like if they were going to give Chris long-term security, it'll happen in the next like week or two. If not, I mean, you bring you bring Jamal over. I don't know what it'll take. We'll discuss that in a few minutes, but just brainstorm some ideas. But you bring Jamal Adams over and play Chris Jones on that tag, if he'll play, of course, with a cheap Jamal Adams and Juan Thornhill coming back. I chalk that up as another ring, personally, but I don't know. So It'll be said, interesting to see you how said it would be the You said it would be the best safety tandem in the NFL. I think it would be the best safety tandem in the history of the NFL. Honestly, on paper, for sure. If, if Juan Thornhill can play to where he was last year before he got hurt, and Tyron Matthew can remain the alpha dog that he is, and you bring in Jamal Adams like that, you're not you're not getting a better trio than that. I'm sorry. And I can't think of one in history that would be any better than that. But like you said, we talk about it in a minute. Well, at minutes now, what would it take to bring him in? I think you absolutely I, – I think there's two options here. You either have to trade Juan Thornhill – and a pick to them, or the only other way I would take it is Chris Jones for Jamal Adams straight across. But I worry Honestly, about dude, that I don't as know well. If I, do that. I worry about that as well because if the Jets aren't wanting to pay Adams big money now, they're going to pay more for Chris Jones. So, I mean, those are my two takes make. on it. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was just basically saying, not to interrupt, but I do think they would pay Chris Jones because that fan base is starving for an elite-level pass rusher. So if they made that trade, I don't want to send Chris anywhere. I want him to be a chief for the next five years and be a part of this dynasty. But if he isn't going to be content making the 17 or 18 that we want to pay him and he thinks he needs the 20 to 22, I'm okay with moving him if that's going to ultimately be the situation when you lose him for nothing. Get a guy like Jamal Adams, who's not going to be near as expensive because of the positional value cost difference. And like I said, with Frank Clark and whoever, it's almost irrelevant who's on the other side, but we have decent talent there. They're all above average guys a little bit, I think. Um, If you still have a guy like Frank Clark on the D-line, I'm hoping Willie Gay can come in and be your Swiss Army knife at linebacker. If you could add a piece on the back end like Jamal Adams, I think it could soften the blow of losing a guy like Chris Jones. And honestly, at this point, I wouldn't mind losing a first-round pick because I think we're, you know, the closest to guaranteed of being from 28 to 32 in the picks anyway. Yeah, we got uh, Clyde Edwards-Elair with that pick, and that's a great value pick. Uh, for being a 32, but I would not, I would not care to trade our next five first round picks because I think we're going to be a playoff team for those next five years. Whether those are championship teams or, you know, maybe just AFC championship or maybe even divisional rounds if we get upset or something like that. But I wouldn't mind giving a first round pick to them. So do you think there's also a scenario there, maybe like a third scenario where we could just trade a couple first round picks and maybe a late round pick to get him? Well, see, like you said, there's really only a few scenarios. I think it's either Juan Thornhill's involved in the trade, it's a Chris Jones straight across, or Chris Jones and a pick from them. 
Because I, I honestly think Chris Jones is more valuable. I really do. It's close. Oh, I agree. But you can find – I mean, Jamal – don't get me wrong. Jamal Adams is incredible. He's all pro. He's better at his position than Chris is. I just value a pass rushing defensive tackle higher than a strong safety. Because Jamal Adams' strength isn't coverage. His strength is basically what Tyron Matthew does, but I think he's a little bit better at it, and Tyron's a lot better at coverage. But if you put those guys together – their strengths basically boost. Tyron gets to be that elite guy on the back end. And see, he would play, now that I'm thinking about it, I, I mistakenly put that earlier. What they would probably do is put Jamal Adams in the current Dan Sorensen role and then have Tyron play standard strong safety, and then Juan would be the center field type safety at free safety. Yeah, yeah now that I think about it, that's what they would do. And if a dime package like that or running the nickel like that, with him as your guy on the line and Tyron just playing a standard strong safety, which he, he doesn't really have the ability to do right now because they use him in so many different ways because of lack of alternative options. If you have Jamal Adams right. there, I mean, it's going to put him in his best position. It's going to amplify what Tyron's best at, and it's going to amplify what Juan Thornhill's best at if you can keep him. Because I think Juan, the way that he was progressing last year, and his ability to read the quarterback's eyes, the ability to read and react and go attack the football, I think he has the potential to be like Earl Thomas-esque in pass coverage. Just his ability to read the football and play that traditional free safety, I think it could be very special if he comes back to full health. But the real question is, is, what's it going to take? Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was going to kind of lead with that. But if you... If you think about it, if you find a way to keep Chris Jones and get Jamal Adams somehow, I don't think the Chiefs are going to be touched. I think that's possibly undefeated season. I think that is possibly an undefeated season, and you might see the best team you've ever seen in NFL history. I I can't argue against it. I mean, I don't think anybody could. I mean, it's a bold bold statement, I know. And I know we're Chiefs fans, and I know we're Chiefs homers, and we're a tad bit biased, but I I don't care right now. If you get Jamal Adams and you somehow keep Chris Jones, it's over. That is my bold statement of the day, and and I will stand by it. If I'm Kansas City, I do it. There's nothing holding you back. I mean, even if it's a first-round pick. This was money. what I wrote. Right. The money thing, though... This is how I look at it. If you can keep Jamal Adams two years, if he'll do two years and not ask for an extension, play out his current deal, pay Chris, you've got the more valuable guy long-term, and then two years down the road, if maybe Tyron's started to regress or you just want to let Jamal walk, you can. Like You're not in a bad spot. He's going to get incredible money once he's a free agent or if he signs an extension with whoever he gets traded to. Right. So it's kind of a win-win for Jamal and the organization because the longer he waits to sign an extension, the more money he's going to make just because of the way that the NFL salary cap's progressing. So it's a win-win for both sides in this situation, and he's going from the New York Jets, who almost don't have a shot to make the playoffs, to being definitely the Super Bowl favorite in Kansas City. I mean, we're already the Super Bowl favorite. So you add a talent like that to this team, if you're able to keep Chris Jones too, I mean – It'd be a shock if we didn't win the championship, if we could do that. But the three situations I have is Juan Thornhill being uh, involved in the trade package. And I think if that happens, it'll be later round picks. 
like two third round picks and one because I think he's got incredible potential. Um, that or like you said, a Chris Jones centered deal on Kansas City side. Another interesting one that I was thinking, like you said, if you do a higher pick, maybe a first round pick in 2021, a third round pick in 22, and then like Armani Watts, somebody that's got some potential, but isn't I think a high it'd be Sorensen over Watts. I don't just because of age. That's the only reason. I think Sorensen may be the better player, but I think Watts has more potential and he's younger. But yeah, I mean, Thorn, I, don't, I definitely don't think they'll trade Juan Thornhill. They they love Juan Thornhill, so I don't see that happening at all. Yeah, but, he, he seems like Spags' guy for sure. And so that being said, before we get off of Jamal Adams here, what team's he going to? In your opinion, I'd love the idea. I just with what what we've got coming with Patrick in the future, what we're looking at right now, and the drama with Chris, I think. Ultimately, whoever gets him is going to pay him just because they want to get it out of the way. And I don't know if the Chiefs are going to give up the draft capital necessary to get him. So if I was to guess, I'd probably say the Dallas Cowboys or the Eagles. I was going to go with the Eagles just because I think they know that Dallas wants to get their foot in the door with him and he wants to be in Texas. I think the Eagles are about to put a full court press on to get him. And I wouldn't care then because then he's in the NFC and we don't have to worry about him until possibly the Super Bowl. But the Eagles are mediocre and they're not going to make the Super Bowl anyway. So it's it's best-case scenario for us. We don't spend any money. I just don't want to see him go to Houston or Baltimore or somebody like that. The thing with the Eagles – Because then that, that would be a heartbreaker. Yeah, just real quick to touch on this before we move on. The thing with the Eagles, though, is they have a history of spending at the safety position. They've always had an elite-level safety that they paid big money. And last offseason, Malcolm Jenkins, he's out the door now in New Orleans. So they need it position-wise, like they have the need on the team, and they're willing to pay the position. And I think Howie Roseman will do almost something reckless to get that kind of talent on their team. I mean, I could easily see them trading a first, a second, and like Derek Barnett, their young pass rusher, something crazy just to get a guy of that caliber for safety. All right, well, let's go ahead and move on to uh, our practice squad expansion. Uh, There's been talk that they might expand it from 12 to 16 due to the COVID-19 effect. What do you think about that, first of all? I think it does absolutely wonders. It does absolute wonders for for every team, actually. You know, you never have too many bodies. There's always injuries. There's always guys that have that talent that you hate to cut at final roster cuts. And I think it's an absolute great deal home run effect for every team in the NFL. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, you look back to last year, and there's guys that were people that had intrigue from the fan base, like, uh, oh, who was a receiver last year? Cody Thompson? Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. from Toledo. He had intrigue as a special teams contributor. Uh, We saw Jody Fortson last year contribute in camp and look like somebody that was on the Jamal Custis who we paid more undrafted free agent money than anyone in history yeah who didn't even make the team uh we had Felton Davis last year on the practice squad I like Felton Davis as a player I just we know that they already let him go but I'm interested to see maybe if an expansion like this could open doors for guys like that that have history with the Chiefs 
I mean, I think Fordson might make the roster because he was very impressive last year from what I'm what I've read around the organization and stuff. But just guys like that that were right on that cusp of making the roster, but they fell out of the practice squad because we had so much depth at certain positions. And then that could be intriguing too for quarterback because we've got Jordan Taamu and Shea Patterson. And you never know. And especially having an older older backup like Chad Henney, like if he was to contract the virus, he's not going to be able to fight it off like somebody like Patrick Mahomes. What is Chad Henney, 36, right. 37? He's getting up there, That may yeah, affect him more than some of these younger players. So it may affect him a little bit more health-wise just being an older guy. And, uh, yeah, so it may open the door for somebody like that that has a big name like Tamu or Shea Patterson to be on the roster also. Or on let's, the say, let's go ahead and toss some more toss some more names out there that we – you know, from guys that might benefit from this, that that we think are you know good and have the talent to be on the team, but are kind of right there on the bubble. Whether it's like final cut down days or something like that, um, I'm going to go ahead and start off with mine, and it's a little different from yours, but I have Daryl Williams here, um, the offensive lineman from Mississippi State, I believe, is where he played. But this is where I have him as one of the guys that could benefit because. I think he's on the edge, on the bubble, but I definitely think he has a talent. And it's it seems like I <laughs> it seems like I bring Caleb up every episode, but the film study that he does and showing some of these guys really really opens your mind to what these players can actually do. And I love what Daryl Williams brings. I think he's going to be a future uh starter for us in Kansas City, whether that's 2-3 years from now if we keep him. But I think a guy like that is definitely going to benefit from this because I think he just went from, you know, being on the bubble to I think he most definitely has a spot, if not on the team, on the roster bubble or on the practice squad. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we discussed it when we did our roster projection. And right, he was somebody we went back and forth on between him and who was it, Yusir Durant? Yusir Durant, yeah. Yep. Whether or not which one of those two guys would be – at the end of the day, on the roster and who wouldn't be on the roster. Well, with this expansion, we may be able to keep a guy that's got value like like Williams on the roster itself just through the practice squad. For sure. Um, so go ahead and give me one of your guys. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of the people that came to mind initially, and I think a lot of it has to do with the way that the draft kind of went down this year with the lack of uh, physicals and the lack of in-depth scouting that they were able to do in comparison to other seasons. We saw a really high-talented group, high level of talent, come through the undrafted free agency ranks and dispersed throughout the league at a higher level. A lot of these guys, I mean, you look at guys like Lavert Hill, um, who's the receiver out of Vanderbilt, Kalaje Lipscomb or whatever that we picked up as well. Yeah, there's, yeah, Kalijah Lipkin. Yep. There's there's quite a few. And then Davis. I did find out the S is silent on that name. Kalijah Lipkin. Lipkin? Oh, okay. Yep. Well, that's good clarity because that one's kind of tough. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, but I had, yeah, I I had mean, to go look it up. I went and watched film. I mean, he's got he's not – He's not an incredibly explosive athlete, but he's got ball skills. He fights through con- or through contact and goes up and attacks the football really well. And he's got really good football IQ. You can tell by the way he uh, runs his routes. He's really good at setting people up and then manipulating their movements to get open. 
I think a lot of those underrated guys like that are, though. I feel like, and he's a prime example of that. I like, like I said, I was going back and watching his film uh, a few days ago. You know, kind of looking at some of these undrafted free agents, and he really did stand out. I mean, he's just so fundamentally sound, just overlooked in that Vanderbilt offense because you know Vanderbilt was not that good this year. But he's an underrated playmaker. I mean, he's got great speed, fantastic hands, and his you know his ability to block. Um, I think kind of has like that Demarcus Robinson effect. And, you know, I, I would love to see him take advantage of this too, honestly. So that's, that's a great, that's a great example there. And Um, he's another, I think he also has some special teams upside. I think he did a little bit of special teams work in in college. So I don't know, like I said, he doesn't have a lot of explosiveness athletically, so I don't think he's a returner, but he might be a good guy to be on coverage and things like that too. For sure. Um, so I'm going to name just just one more guy here who I think, uh, you know, has great potential, and I was really happy we signed him as an undrafted free agent because I was shocked he didn't get drafted, and that's uh, LaVert Hill from Michigan, the corner. Yeah, I had him I think on my he list. has tremendous – do what? Sorry, you cut out there for a second. What would you say? Oh, sorry about that. Anyway, I was saying LaVert Hill from Michigan. Oh, okay, yeah. I think, yeah, I think he is going to be a uh, be a great addition as well. I was shocked he didn't get drafted. He's got tremendous ball skills, great size for a corner. Um, I'm glad we picked him up in the undrafted free agency process. Uh, between him and Javaris Davis from Auburn, I think those those guys are one A and one B. Um, I think Davis has has the uptick um, on that, and I think he makes the roster. The actual roster, not the practice squad, but I think uh, Levert Hill most definitely uh, is going to make the practice squad. Yeah, and I'm not sure if you mentioned this or not, but um, Hill, what he, I mean, he's a two-time All-Big 12 first-team corner. Big really, Ten. really solid career there at Michigan. Oh, yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry. <laughs> what did I say, Big 12? Yeah, you said Big 12. Oh, we watch Big yeah. 12 football, guys, so Yeah, that was just that. how I have it, yeah. My mistake, but I, I like him. I think he's got a lot of upside. And uh, the Auburn corner that you put on your active roster, what was his name's Davis, right? Yeah, J- uh, Javarius Davis, yep. Yeah, Javarius Davis. He he was impressive, too, in college, and I think that was another guy that I expected to get drafted. I had hit, I had him in, like, some fifth-round projections, sixth-round projections in my pre-draft work, as well as Lavert Hill. I had Lavert Hill in the sixth and seventh round in almost every mock draft that I did, so – it was a big shock that him, uh, Lipcomb, a lot of these guys were even available at that stage, let alone they all decided to come to the Chiefs. But And another guy I mentioned a minute ago, I just think the intrigue's there because he knows the system, and I think he's a good player. Um, I liked him back when we went to camp. He's been in the system, I think, for a couple years now, and that's Felton Davis. I know we cut him already on a injury exemption or whatever, non-football related injury but uh I think maybe with the expansion guys like that and people like Cody Thompson I don't know if he's still in the league or still even playing football but um yeah this expansion could do a lot of things for guys like that that maybe have hit some hard times that may get an opportunity again because of those extra four available positions on the practice squad for sure I like Felton Davis as well um you know he showed some flashes there before he got hurt but, uh, yeah, Cody Thompson actually signed with, I want to say Miami or something like that, um, after we had released him last year, just on the practice squad. But, yeah, um, 
You know, it's it's a great opportunity for all those undrafted free agent guys. And I think doing this is going to make some of their dreams come true. And that's that's talking for all teams, not just the Chiefs. But I think it's a great deal for those guys to get a shot and showcase their talents even more past training camp. You know, um, I think nowadays you get guys that, you know, they get signed to the practice squad. They're like, oh, I'm on the team now, so I don't have to worry about it. No, you can still get cut from the practice squad. But I think with the mentality the Chiefs have going, with Brett Veach and Andy Reid and the type of players they like, I don't think they're going to keep a guy like that. I think they're going to keep guys that, you know, hey, I made the practice squad. What do I have to do to get better to make it onto the, you know, 55-man roster? Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, you look back historically, there's been some crazy, crazy level talents that have been undrafted free agents. I think Emmett Thomas, the Chiefs legend, defensive back, yeah. he was undrafted free agent, and the man's in the Hall of Fame. So, like, you never, you never do know what's what's going to happen. And we were talking about this, and as our listeners probably know, I'm a Kansas State fan. Like Jordy Nelson, who is going to be in the Ring of Honor at Kansas State, he's a free safety his first two years. Like you never know. All these guys need is an opportunity, and they can accomplish things that they don't even know they're capable of. So these four extra spots could put somebody on this team that could be a contributor that no one's even forecasting to play. So it, it's a big deal around the league, like you mentioned earlier, and I'm just I'm looking forward to it because I do feel like there were some diamonds in the rough last, last year that weren't able to stay in the fold with Kansas City because we're so talented. So just having four extra opportunities, and it's big too because we don't know what the COVID-19 impact is going to be on these players. I mean, it seems like every day more and more uh, sports organizations in all sports, baseball, basketball, football, hockey, everything, College sports are releasing, oh, this guy has COVID. This guy has COVID. So I'm really starting to believe that this is this beginning of the second wave of this virus. And I just, fingers crossed, I hope everything works out to where we can we can play football. Because I know, I know the world needs the game right now. I know I do for sure. And, you know, spoiler alert there, Marcus. It's uh, That's going to be our next episode topic is we're going to break a lot of that down of the, uh, you know, the Dr. Fossey stuff and uh, – you know, what the impact of COVID is going to have on football. If we, you know, if we have a season, if we don't, what are some of the things that we can do? We're going to break that all down for you guys next week. Um, looking forward to that. But just some closing closing stuff here. Um, our personal podcast, the Casey Tailgater Show, we did re- just release a new episode. Lots of stuff in there. Go check it out. We're on Twitter as well, at the Casey Tailgaters. Go check it out. Um, we also have a new Twitter page for our podcast here on Arrowhead Live. It's nosebleeds underscore AL for Arrowhead Live. Um, please go follow that. All of our content is going to drop there as well as arrowheadlive.com. Arrowhead Live shop is still going on as well. And I know they are absolutely killing it right now with all of the products they have going. People are getting orders in like crazy. Ricky Seals Jones is going to wear it. Uh, during training camp, if there is a training camp. And I know he's pushing that as well. Tyron Matthew said he loves it. You know, everyone is just, you know, they're so excited about the stuff we have coming out. And I know we just have more ideas coming and coming and coming. So please check into that. Please look into that. Marcus, you got anything to add? Um, I released an article on Arrowhead Live on the website. Um, It was a top five 
Kansas City Chiefs free agency signings of all time. So I, I thought it was interesting. It was really tough to narrow it down to five. So I included three honorable mentions as well in the list. But it was an interesting, interesting, uh, interesting project for sure to put together and just break down some of these guys. And like, spoiler, one of the guys I have on there is uh, Emmett Thomas, who I mentioned a few minutes ago. And I didn't think he was a free agency addition, but technically he is a free agency addition because he only ever played for the Kansas City Chiefs, but he was an undrafted free agent when he entered the league. So little little nitbits like that and little pieces. And each guy comes from a different different background, different beginnings. Some guys were on the end of their career. Other guys never got opportunities elsewhere. So it was, it was a really good article. I enjoyed writing it. So definitely be sure to check that out. And then as far as what I've got next week, I'm currently in the process of moving, so I haven't committed myself to any topics yet. But if I uh, do make the decision to put something out next week, I'll definitely make sure to notify you guys on uh, Twitter. And my Twitter is uh, at Marcus A Baker three two five. So uh, actually, no, it's Marcus Baker three two five. My apologies. So definitely be on the lookout there on Twitter if I have anything else new that I uh, that I get out there. I'm going to go ahead and make sure to retweet that and post that on Twitter. So. Be on the lookout for something hopefully next week, but no promises because things are kind of hectic over here at the Baker household right now. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, guys, please go and follow the other Airhood Life podcast. Those guys do a tremendous job as well. You know, they dedicate their time to bring you guys the best content they can. So please give them a follow as well. Give them a listen. I know they would greatly appreciate it. They all do a great job as well. Uh, for Jordan Anderson, my partner, Marcus Baker, this has been the Nosebleed Seats. We'll see you guys next week.